We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. The Church of Jesus Christ, which we are and imitate, legislates his government in the earth. The Church of Jesus Christ, which we are and which we imitate, legislates his government in the earth. We legislate his government in the earth because that's the place of the church. The church is a legislative assembly. Are you following me now? The church is a legislative assembly, especially the church in one accord. Ah, you can't stand a church in one accord. The story is told of a pastor who didn't have a car for a long time and eventually they were going to buy him a kind church and then they asked him what car did he want. And he says he wanted a Honda Accord. And they were shocked, they were shocked because they could have, at that point, they could afford to buy him a Range Rover or a, Toyota, or a Toyota Land Cruiser or whatever. And they asked him, and he says he doesn't want any other car, he wants a Honda Accord. And they kept insisting, why will you choose Honda and why will you choose Accord of all cars? He says he's not going to drive a car if it's a Honda Accord. They say, why, man of God, why, why, why are you insisting it has to be Honda Accord? See, because that's the car that Jesus and his disciples always traveled in. When Pentecost happened, Pentecost happened in that car. Jesus and his disciples were in one accord. When the disciples gathered together, they gathered together in one accord. There's no other car he's going to drive. It's no other car. He's not driving any car. If it's not accord, he's not driving. He doesn't want any other car. All other cars are the works of men. Because Jesus... So it's not, it's not about it being a Honda that is the issue. It's about that the car is one, the car is called Accord. Do you understand? So if it was a Toyota Accord, he would not have made it. As long as it's an Accord, there's a car called Accord. That's the car he's going to drive. Because he's convinced that's the car that Jesus and their, and their disciples used. And he's convinced that that's where the Holy Ghost came. So in imitating, amen, he wants to drive the Accord of Jesus and the apostles. Because he thinks the Bible was written and Jesus existed in 1982. Because you have to, we have to be able to front date the Bible to when we start manufacturing a cord to conclude that Jesus and his disciples drove one. Yeah. <laughs> the church was in one accord, not the car. Amen. <laughs> when the church is <laughs> in one accord. You can't stand the church in one accord. The church that is one, unanimous, without disagreement. Men. That's powerful. We come together, like I said last week, come together and, and decree a thing and that thing is. Because we're church. Literally, we're church. And somebody will say, well, we don't have any business with the world systems. True, we don't. But as ambassadors, we can colonize our immediate sphere of influence for the kingdom. Like I told you earlier, you can colonize your sphere of influence for the kingdom. Like I said, there's darkness in Egypt. There can be light in Goshen. Please don't forget that. So that's why some of us say things as audaciously as, if petrol like, let it be 5,000 a liter. If I need light for my gym and it's petrol that brings that light, I will buy petrol. Let the mountains be cast into the sea. There is a river whose streams make glass. The city of God. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. How can David see that and walk in it and I can't? No, now. When I'm David's elder brother in the realities of the gospel. In the realities of the gospel. Let it be five Gs. You see, if I don't need petrol, it's not a problem. But if I need it, I will afford it. So we're not moved by the systems of the world. We live above. There can be light here and darkness there. It's okay. And the place of the church is to be light. Jesus told them in Matthew 5, right? Matthew 5, no one lights a, a lamp and hides under a bushel. 15, thank you. No, do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house? TPT. And who will light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. We are light. 
So don't be afraid to shine. And some people I was speaking with, and I was telling them, don't be afraid of the limelight. You are light. Some of you, some of you are afraid to shine, like it's a crime. So the grace of God upon your life blows you open, and you try to contain it. You are frustrating the grace of God. Oh, why is it that wherever I go out, I stand out? Because you are light, silly. What kind of dumbness is that? Light is complaining. Why, why is it that I'm so bright whenever they turn me on? They just switch me on like this. Bah! It's just really bright. I know I'm light, but... Huh? I don't have to be... I don't, I don't have to be so bright. Can I just, just be dim light? You know, like parking light. I don't, I don't want to be... I don't want to be headlight. In fact, I'm even happy to be trafficator light. Who lights a lamp and puts in an obscure place? So why are you looking for an obscure place when your place is to give light to all? We are designed for shining. Hello? Deal with it. You are designed for shining. Hey, when I enter the class, it's me, my lecturer will notice. And because you are light. We are in a dark room. Nobody knows you in class. Nobody likes you. We are reading at night. Or lecturer is teaching at night. And nobody likes you. Nobody notices you're there. Nobody gives a toss about you. And light goes off. And you're the only one that has a light. And you're walking to the door. So everybody, your friends, enemies and frenemies, will queue up behind you. And follow you. Because you are light. Deal with it. Do you understand? Settle into it. The problem should be if nobody is noticing you. That's the problem. Something is wrong with you fundamentally. I come into a city and the city doesn't know I'm here. No, something's wrong. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. I am too much light to be ignored. Too much. Too much. The good insect will come. The bad ones that sting will also come. But I'm light. I attract all kinds. I am light. That's the place of the church. How can I be in school and then pass through the school? No, the foundations of the school will know. Yes, sir. Our light was here. Don't live such a lackluster, mediocre life. Don't do that. You were saved unto more than that. You were saved unto more than that. There's the kind of light you will shine. Your lecturer will never dream of adding you to the list of people he must sleep with first. That he could even think of you as somebody he has to sleep with first means your light is not shine. See, those guys know who to mess with. They know. They know. They always go after the weak and vulnerable. The ones they can explore. The ones who are not very sure. The ones who are not sure they can pass. Who are not sure they can do it on their own. Who are not sure where they stand. But you can come into school and be such light that your lecturer can no longer function in his course without you. You have to go through you. To find out what's going on in your department. And he knows that you are such an integral part of what he's doing. That to mess with you will be to jeopardize the success of his course. In your class. It's up to you. You can choose to be what kind of vessel? Of honor or dishonor. You choose to be light. You choose to clear the path for somebody. You're not hiding. You are blazing the trail. You take charge of that particular place. You show the light of Christ. You say, who are you? Where do you come from? How do you stand that so much? Because nobody is listen. Now, now I'm teaching you some life lessons. Nobody messes with anything that gives them endorsement and validation. Nobody. You will give anything to hang or keep around somebody that gives you endorsement and validation, especially men. So if you are at work or at school or in a business where your presence adds value and an endorsement to your superior, they will never mess with you. See, is this helping anybody? In secular setups, you are qualified to do what you do. You are qualified to do what you do. And everybody has a job at a particular level. And then we come upon hard times, austerity measures, right? And all that. And we need to lay people off. At the point where people are being laid off or retrenched, their qualifications are not being regarded. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Ah, but I was more qualified than her. 
that's not the basis on which they retrench people they retrench people on account of their level of being dispensable or not it all boils down to how much you add to the value chain of that organization you might be a diploma holder but the mountain mover in that office they won't touch you you can have three master's degrees and 10 years experience but you're there full of yourself and just occupying space and getting a fat paycheck you're fired dude and you have to go and explain to your prophets so all the all the work. and of course your prophet will find a way of telling you that t- check your foundation there has to be something of foundation that abuts whatever is working well. Check it. Simple. You spent all your time in church praying. All you have given, so you don't pray because your prophet prays for you. You know, it's people like that. They are too busy to pray. You just arrange. Yeah, your money prays for you. And you're convinced the Lord gave, put me here. All my enemies, fire. Keep them all. So after a while, your prophet will tell you all your enemies have been killed. So now relax and be at ease. Relax. He's coming for you. Calm down. Because when it comes to that, when the rubber hits the road, when it's all said and done, what they're looking at is who adds to the value chain. In other words, who shines the most light? And what was my own? I just do what your boss knows who adds value. And your boss knows who's passing time. Don't deceive yourself. It's the same in church. We know. So how much light are you adding? Nobody messes with what gives them endorsement, value, and validation. Nobody. You're not going anywhere. Shine that kind of light. Nobody will mess with you. Not in your job. Not in your class. If your lecturer knows you are an integral part to his smooth and efficient delivery of his course, he will not mess with you. You become the prime example of how everybody should behave. I've just given somebody serious wisdom. We are called to be lighter. That's who we are. We are light. The light of the world. We legislate the kingdom of light. That's what we he was qualifying us into. Remember? The inheritance of the saints in light. Colossians 1.12 Light. We shed the light of Christ in dark places. You speak to someone and you leave a lasting impression. At whatever level of speaking you have. Because it's leaving a lasting impression. It's not a function of grammar. <laughs> it's a function of light. Light makes you exhort confidence. Do you understand? You come across as somebody that has to be listened to. You come across as someone that's not a pushover. People look at you and you arrest their attention. You compel people to look at you. Imagine Peter and John looking at that guy by the gate of beautiful and, they, and Peter says to him, Look at us! You think he said to the guy, Look at us. Commanded attention. He said, Silver and gold have we none. Then he flipped to first person, such as I have. There was two people there. And Peter began to declare, said, such as I have. It was not such as we have. Marry <laughs> the account again. <laughs> at that point Peter zeroed in on his light his own his own his own not we such as I have give I unto you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth as upon walk he transmitted his light are you here now yes, sir. we are a light emitting diode LED that's many of LEDs this lights are all LED lights LED is an acronym for light emitting diode. It's an electronic device that releases pulses of light generated by electricity. That's why it's called LED. As opposed to translucent lights or halogen lights that run by one circuit from one end to the other. And that's who you are. You are an LED. You are a light emitting diode. D-I-O-D-E. That's who you are. Once you come on, you are self-charged and the world cannot but take notice of you. That's our place as church. Is anybody hearing me? You have no excuse to be mediocre. Son of God, son of God, son of God, son of God, in whom Jesus Christ dwells. No excuse. 
if you are in a game, you should be top of your game. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? If you, you are in any, I don't care what the game is. Forex, crypto, music, modeling, uh, 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 acting, engineering, business, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, fashion, design, makeup. If you are in any form of life game, you should be at the top of it. Why is it top for people that are not light? How do they get there without light? And how are you with light serving under them? What, see, what we got wrong as church is worse. It's very bad. Though. It's terrible. Why are you serving under someone who doesn't have the light you have? I've seen an error upon the earth. Servants are riding horses. And princes are walking on foot. And not in this generation. No. no, every servant comes down from their horse. Now, princes have show. Let the princes ride their horses and let the world be okay with it. Let the church be okay with it. That's why we go crazy when somebody in the kingdom is wealthy. We go crazy when somebody in the kingdom is wealthy. By whatever means. Why are you so threatened? Why are you so threatened? Why does everybody who succeeds in business have to be an unbeliever? Why? Why do they have to be an unbeliever? Why do they have to be an atheist or a Muslim? And then Christians celebrate them and invite them to church to give business talk. Invite, do you understand what I'm saying? Invite them to church to come and talk on their business and entrepreneurship skills and leave you right where you are. And they will not tell you what puts, puts you ahead of them. They will just give you the level of marginal knowledge that keeps you subservient to them even if you chose to act on what they taught you. Because nobody ever wants the competition to get ahead of him. I'm speaking a lot of things today. <laughs> Most people that come motivational speak, nobody will tell you what to place you ahead of them. Nobody, everybody wants to monopolize the competition terrain. Nobody wants to give it up. So they'll tell you enough that even if you decided to act on it, it will not get you as close to them. Enough to have them threatened that you have broken the market church will backbite somebody else so you can take the business i said something here in this church a while ago people thought i'd lost my mind when i said i don't believe that as a local church i don't believe you should be in church and have a tailor outside the church i don't believe it you're not ready to grow and take authority in the earth oh i like her you know she's very used to me now get somebody else now that will become used to you everything starts somewhere and then those of you that also offer your services, be exceptional at them. Don't give us reason to want to look elsewhere. Because some of you are a trouble to do business with. Some of you don't pay. Some of you don't pay attention to, to detail because it's church. You say you will deliver in two weeks, you don't deliver because it's a brother. You need to grow. You need Jesus. You have Christ, you need Jesus. No, before somebody think, oh, that's the revelation. Hey. Say, oh, what a mystery. Oh, I understand it now. It's true. I have Christ. I don't have Jesus. Eh, it's hunger that's doing you. Yeah, it's 6 p.m. hunger that's doing you. <laughs> but make it easy to be done business with. Do you understand? If you say you pay at this time, pay at that time. Because you cannot be saying you are in a fold and not be acting according to the fold. What chance does the church stand if we cannot come together and legislate the kingdom in the earth? So we are for government. We are for government. Until you get to the point where literally nothing stands in the way of your kingdom pursuit. The church does not stand a chance. Let's stretch. Stretch! Some of you, if you're not in a particular seat, your, your body will not settle. Until the service closes. Because you came in and somebody else sat in your seat. Who gave you the seat? So your body is restless. You're not quite... Mm, because you know, your body is not used to this particular plastic chair. The other one has agreed to your bum. Meanwhile, it's not the same plastic chair in the same place every service. Don't develop habits that cheat you. 
for your kingdom value. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be comfortable doing it. Find an excuse to not have an excuse. Did you ever say? Find an excuse to not have an excuse. Do whatever it takes to not need to give an excuse because you make no room for one. Start off early if you need to. Walk early. Plan your transport if you need to. From one Sunday to the next. Calculate how much it costs you to go to church every week. Trust God for provision. Do you understand? Trust God. Ask if you need to. You can't be proud about it. A lot of issues are unsolved in church for nothing more than pride. There's a lot of people that sleep hungry but for nothing more than pride. Because you feel too proud to say, I, I'm hungry. I don't have anything. Let us buy you one cup of gari. You feel like, oh, see now. Con- if, if not condition. It's not, it's not just, it's just not condition that make this great fish. <laughs> you know, it's not condition. You, 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 you know, there are people that you have helped and that you now feel sorry for yourself. By the time they finish with you, it's like, ah, maybe I should be even giving you yeah, I'm collecting. You're collecting it too. Oh. So you're even collecting. Collect it and go eat and get out of here. Because at that point, it's pride. You will die. Uh, I promise you. You will die. And as always, when you die, it's only nice things we will say. Except they come in to speak. I will tell them, here lies a proud man. Because if you're hungry, say you're hungry. Oh. And then when you're not hungry, bring for somebody that's hungry. Because oh. that's how, if you're not hungry and hungry, and only you hungry and hungry and hungry and hungry, we will not allow you to die. Oh. Because Paul tells them in Romans 16, Mark anybody that is not following what we're teaching you. Avoid them. Before, because as people that come to church, you know, the, beggars are not only on the street. Oh. You have very religious beggars. Come to church. Say, bros, find me 100 now. Every time they ask you, find me, find me, find me. They're never finding you. What you have is for me. What I have is for me. There's people like that, unfortunately. They never have. When they have, you don't see them. Low key. Just do, do. Already have eaten. When you come and say, let's, let's, uh, let's take co- contribution to, uh, to buy something for lunch break. They're looking at you like, what's that? Whenever they're doing that, they have eaten before they came. Or they have plans to eat after they leave. Check their bag. Check their phone. They have plans. They have a date. They have somebody's house. They are branching. They know that they left home and that somebody just came up from the market. There's hope for the future. <laughs> so they endure this cross, despise the shame. You're on your own. There's people like that, unfortunately, in church. So we're not actually releasing the weight of church in full yet. Is it helping anybody? Yes, sir. Let me finish this. The church of Jesus Christ which we are and imitate is given to worship to prayer (laughs) and to good works the church is given to prayer to worship and to good works I taught extensively on the Christ conscious believer is given to prayer in that series find it the Christ conscious believer prays just because we just pray prayer is our DNA we don't struggle to pray because in that church in Acts chapter 2 stay with me now you find that those guys continue daily in what? daily in prayer so we pray always First Thessalonians 5 says that as well right? pray with our season we pray with our season that's the church of the New Testament. The church of the New Testament is a praying church. Did you hear what I said? The New Testament church is a 
praying church we pray we pray we pray we are praying people we're the real prayer house for all nations at the real prayer house we pray fervently ardently and each time we do tremendous power each time we can't pray without power manifest we can't each time we pray we legislate and release the power of the holy ghost every time now when you know that you look forward to praying because every prayer exercise is a release of power it's when it's a religious exercise that you're tolerating it and you know most time religion we pray as punishment Prayer punishment. So we groan. Oh, prayer meeting. Oh, it's already boring people that go for a prayer meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boring. Not the, the all the cool people don't come for prayer meeting. They don't come. It's only the uncool people. Because you believe the people that come for prayer meeting are looking for husband, looking for wife, looking for fruit of the womb. You know, looking for job, wanting to go abroad. You know. People that just have general issues where their family is chasing them. Their family tree has become a forest. <laughs> you know? So it's not, you know, some people have a family tree. Other people's tree has become a forest. Family forest. You have a family jungle. Yeah. Amazon of your father's house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mangrove swamp of your ancestry. You need prayer. You need, you need special prayer. So for people like you that Pentecostals coined the phrase special grace. You need this. The grace of God cannot help you. It's the special kind. I don't know where we're going to get that special one from because you know there's no such thing as the grace of God and then special grace of God. So this is people that go for prayer meeting. No, sir. Sons of God pray always. Not for victory, but from victory we pray from victory we pray from the standpoint of what jesus has done every time and whenever we pray we answer our prayer we i showed them in the u.s on saturday the guys were stunned i said you are the answer to your prayer they were like huh i said first john 5 14 go and check it this is the confidence we have when we pray that whatever we ask if we know he hears we have not if he hears answer prayer is not in he hears because my friend why is his hearing the question his hearing is not the question is his ear deaf that he cannot hear it's already a given in scripture this is arm short that he cannot save it's already a given in scripture so his hearing is never in doubt if this is the confidence we have when we pray that he hears now if we know he hears not if he hears so the answer to prayer is never lying with god (laughs) it's lying with you knowing he heard when Jesus prayed in John 11 please show me one place where God answered Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus where Jesus said I thank you because you have heard you always hear me and I know you hear me always but I'm just saying this so that these ones here will believe in you did God respond no did God respond? Yes. Where did God respond? In the knowing of Jesus. Because God is not doing anything new. Second Peter 1 3, according as his divine power, has given us all things that we need. All things, all things, all things, all things. Somebody say all things. All things. His divine power has given us all things. All things. Not some things. Not a few things. Not most things. His divine power has given us all things. So when something happens in your life, it's not when God did it. Oh, friends, celebrate with me. Oh, God has done it. No, no, no. He has did it long before that time. 
that's not when he did it look at Ephesians 1 3 now thanks be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Ephesians 1 3 who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ has blessed us in Christ so every blessing you will enjoy has been given every blessing you will receive has been given has the child you are yet to receive has been given <laughs> so when you pray what's the answer you knowing he heard and then when you know he hears you have in other words hear me carefully conversely if you don't know he heard you shall not have so who is answering your prayer <laughs> if you know he hears you have it if you don't know he hears you don't have it if you don't have it it's because you don't know he hears so James begins to explain to them in chapter 4 I believe he says you do not ask I think verse 3 and you ask you ask amiss ah hallelujah you ask and you do not receive because you ask Amiss that you must spend it on your lost. Good King James. You ask amiss that ye, go on, may consume it upon your lost. So, so religion has taught you that there's how you can persevere in prayer. You will convince God to do for you what He did plan to do for you. We now bring the story of the unjust judge and again forget that that story was not an, a lesson in prayer. Because there will be a problem if Jesus was using that to explain to us and Jesus is telling us that God is the unjust judge. Uh, uh, there's a major problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> there's a major problem if God is likened to an unjust judge because it introduces elements of unjustness in God which is a very dangerous doctrinal precedent to set. Let's be careful what we are preaching. It means there's an element of unjustness in God. By the time we introduce the fact that God is unjust, then there's also an element of God that means God that knows what is good for you will not give it to you until you pressure him for it. But that, that also begins to bring a lot of contradictions because Jesus says, you who are evil, will your son ask you for an egg and give him a, a stone? Will he ask you for, for fish and give him a scorpion? And then if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your father. And then he says to you, your heavenly father, Matthew 6, he said, be anxious for nothing, but you know, uh, for she shall eat, what she shall drink, what she shall put on. For your heavenly father knows you have need of these things. Now if he knows I have need of these things, and he tells me, and you look at the, the, the sparrows, I did not sold to a penny, and your father looks at them, look at the leaves of the field. Not even Solomon in his biggest day was arrayed like this, and you have more value than that. And then he now stays and sees what you need, and sees you whine and, and pray and groan. Then there's no difference between him and the God, and the God that the, the prophets of Baal were trying to connect with. Yes, sir. And then the same Jesus comes and says, when you pray, your, your prayer is not in endless babblings and vain repetitions. Ah, you cannot use one verse and preach anything. Home. You can't. You must consider the whole counsel of God. Because the picture you're printing is, you have to stay with God. Oh. Stay. God is not minding you. That's why we have stupid things like heaven will not rest. Because you must pressure God. Pressure God. Push the pressure on Him. Push the pressure. Push it. God will hear you. Pray. And nobody is asking if what you are asking. A lot of our prayers for what we need is actually based on our own self-evaluation of our desires. And somehow we have allowed our desires to become the validation for what we think we need. Such that when you desire it, you believe that your desiring it makes it valid. And God is therefore indebted or obligated to supply what you have desired because God should interpret your desire as your need. This is helping somebody. I can sense it. I can sense it. So you are stuck there trying to blackmail God into shifting his position to align with your desire because you love him. 
totally disregarding his spirit which was planted into you to teach you his mind and what does romans 8 teach we know not how to pray hey where is it 23 24 25 26 around there we know not how to pray as we ought but who helps our infirmities who helps our infirmities who helps our infirmities so when you are praying by yourself he's silent when he's praying in you you are silent because he cannot pray through you and not get answers you cannot pray apart from him and get answers even in the name of jesus because the name of jesus is not a rubber stamp to all your requisition and all your quotes you know you bring a performer invoice and then the name of jesus bah! no that's not what the name does sir according to his will is how it goes how do you know his will the spirit prays with us the mind of the father because we do not know tpt 26 tpt in a similar look at this the holy spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness look at this for example at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for but the holy spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf pleading with god with emotional sighs too deep for words when you open your mouth and go lama flateko say azada mala keda balado goni mahala kita the holy spirit is praying the mind of the father inside you if you are praying he's silent so careful how much you rely on understanding to pray careful those of you that are too cute to pray in the holy ghost it sounds like what people that are not cool do hey let me explain to you praying in tongues is the word glossalia in the greek and glossalia in the greek actually means to babble nonsense <laughs> that's what it means actually <laughs> duh <laughs> duh and that's what it means and that's why secular guys cannot understand the concept of praying in the holy ghost that's why orthodox religion cannot understand the concept of praying the holy ghost because it means to babble what does not make sense they have reduced praying in the holy ghost to sense but vitally speaking praying in the holy ghost is beyond the remit of sense by virtue of its definition to babble so you can open your mouth and la ta 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 if it's the holy ghost praying he knows what syllable he's uttering he knows what dimension of the mind of god he's touching and then you know godhead you you know but you can speak in your understanding from morning till evening and prayer miss because if you're praying he's quiet he's silent if you are praying he is silent if your intellect is praying he is silent <laughs> if your understanding is praying he's silent are silent then he takes over your vocal faculties he prays the mind of the father out of his prayer is where you should now get understanding to pray now do you understand how i've taught you to pray in this church it starts from the spirit because it is the spirit that gives us utterance it's not us that give the spirit utterance <laughs> the church of jesus christ which we are imitating is a praying church why because it's a spirit church and the spirit of god is the spirit of prayer are you getting this today that was just a quick mini course in prayer for somebody right now new testament prayer he prays through you now you understand you can you start to connect the dots in scripture about the spirit of god being in you and praying through you the mind of the father use him to pray or keep your mouth shut because you cannot be held you cannot hold him liable for answers to prayer you not get because if he prays he will pray the mind of the father not what you like and so whenever i'm whenever i'm dealing with anything the, the best i pray my understanding is father holy ghost as i pray in the spirit now 
I trust that as I pray in the Spirit, the Spirit will pray the mind of the Father concerning this issue. That's how I pray. As I open up my mouth and yield my members to you, Spirit of God, you will pray through me the mind of the Father concerning this matter. I don't start to pray and say, Father, this matter, do this, do that. Do that. I can't be, I'm not instructing him what to do. I don't know his mind. And to access his mind, I go by his spirit. So I, say, I tell him in understanding, Father, as I pray in the spirit now, whatever your mind is for this thing, Holy Spirit, capture it. And I start to pray in the Holy Ghost. A few moments down the line, I start to receive clarity in my understanding about the issue. That's only when I open my mouth and declare anything about that issue in the understanding. A lot of times we have prophesied for God without hearing Him. We have given answers to people without hearing God. We have given answers to people from another Pentecostal dangerous thing that we use. We have given answers to people from release. I felt a release. It's not a feeling. It's not from release. It's from knowing the mind of the Father was prayed. And when the mind of the Father is prayed, you know He hears. If you know he hears, you have. That's prayer. So is it the will of God for me to do well in life? Allah Magada. For God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you, sir, having all sufficiency in all things, can abound unto every good work. God is not threatened by how much money I make. Second Corinthians 9 and 8. So if I'm making money to abound unto every good work, it is the will of the Father. Because I know it's the will of the Father, whenever I declare it, He hears. Because I know He hears, I shall have. Is healing my portion? Oh, absolutely. First Peter 2 24. I think it's first Peter 2 24, quoting Isaiah 53. First Peter 2 24. Put it up, flash it. If it's not right, remove it. <laughs> Who himself? nobody heard it but our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness so when I pray and declare healing and health I know he hears because it is his will if I know he hears guy I'm healed let the swelling be there let it be red let what hey my, my friend whatever symptoms you want to manifest is your freaking business i am the healed of the lord that's his will so so you just need to navigate the word sir and know his will how can god not will for you to be healed that's what i've taught you in this house before you say devil <laughs> just just be very careful just check because it's not that powerful he's not he's not that powerful he's never holy see oh man holy spirit what are you doing with me is anybody getting anything because <laughs> i'm just he's he, he, he the devil be sober be vigilant your adversary the devil a roaring lion he is likened to a lion the lion of the tribe of judah okay. he is here we're not talking about someone who is like this person is this person is like he's trying to pervert an image and therefore to project a false imagery like a fox who looks in the mirror and casts the shadow of a lion. He doesn't make him one. He, he's like one. There will be a problem if Satan is the lion of the tribe of Un and Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It means we have two lions. And that's a problem, sir. He's not a lion. He doesn't come close. He wishes. <laughs> but he doesn't come close. So he's not as powerful as you think he is. So when we pray, this is the confidence we have. We are praying church. We are a worshipping church. I mean, by now you should know that. If you come here and you're not worshipping, you're the one who is odd. Honestly, you're the one who looks, sticks out like a sore thumb. You just sit down there like yeasting puff puff. You're waiting to... 
waiting to swell. You know how you cover the dough? Yeah, just there. We are singing in speech. Jaira, you are my. I will be in the. Jaira, you are enough. You know the particular dough that doesn't have enough butter. And when it starts to swell, it starts to harden. No butter, no egg, because you know changes in government. Because you know, in, in my day, the amount of eggs that we break into the dough for puff puff. Who knows what I'm talking about? Pastor Naki, remember those days? We break eggs. You can put like 10 eggs, a whole crate of eggs inside dough and put butter. Like blue band, the whole plastic blue band. You turn it into dough. My God. Ooh, I'm having nostalgic feelings right now. Epiphanies of the pie kind. <laughs> Changing in my day. Everybody in altar sound saying yes, sir. You are not of my day. I'm convinced we are talking about two separate days. Your day does not belong to me. <laughs> They're like, yes, sir, yes, sir. That day, oh, that day. No, don't know. Hold your day. <laughs> oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You were not present. Why did I say all this to describe that the people who are not worshiping are like dough without butter and egg? With just plenty of yeast. So you just have girth, you know girth. G-I-R-T-H. You drop big for nothing. You know that kind of chin ch- ch- that. It's how you crack your tooth. <laughs> We're worshipping house. It's not a joke. It's like spontaneous combustion. Who knows what I'm talking about? You don't need to, you don't need to, we wait for song three, okay, I they feel the song, I they, my friend, grow up. Worship is not a feeling. Again, it's a knowing. The New Testament, those guys had melodic men. I, I was sharing somewhere sometime three weeks ago. Ephesians, I showed them the, the connection between Ephesians 5:19 and Colossians 3:16. Put it up. Let me show you, Let me show this house. Ephesians 5:19 and Colossians 3:16. Scriptures that you all know. Ephesians 5:19 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is to the church, or not to the altar sound, not to the worship team, not to the choir. Singing and, or you can say singing. That is to say, making melody. In your heart to the Lord. Pay attention to this. Singing, which is making melody in your heart to the Lord. Bear that phrase in mind as we go to Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ, Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing. Ephesians 5, 19. Singing. Making melody in your heart. Singing with grace. Parallel. With grace. Making melody in your heart. That is to say, making melody in your heart in church is directly proportional to singing with grace. Singing with grace is directly proportional to making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Singing and or singing, which is to say making melody in your heart to the Lord. So in church, to make melody is to sing with grace. In church, to sing with grace is to make melody in your heart. And that is the call of the New Testament church. To make melody in your heart. That is to say, to sing with grace. It is our thing, all of us. I cannot sing, 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 I cannot sing. The pastor stood here on Friday. And he sang and sang on key. And sounded good. Two years ago, three years ago, everybody, even some of you had already prepared to dock when he said, I'm going to sing. But as the word grows in you and you grow in grace, you begin to find melody. God cannot say to all of us to sing and not 
think that all of us can sing. <laughs> you may not qualify by musical standards to stand on stage and that's okay, but you have a dimension of singing that generates grace. So when you gather in the assembly of the church, use it. Open your mouth and sing. To not sing is to not deploy grace. Are you receiving this instruction? That's why I don't have tolerance for worship leaders or, or people in worship teams or people in choir who cannot sing. You don't want to sing. Like we are forcing you to sing. Is something wrong with you? Like you came to rehearsal and you don't have it in you to sing. And it's not drama rehearsal you came. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. Hey, how? It's not spoken word rehearsal you came. You come to audition for runway model. You came supposedly to a singing rehearsal. And you don't have it in you to sing. Go home and never come back. Never come back until you understand what it means to sing grace in your heart to the Lord. Everybody in the New Testament church sings. Why? Because everybody in the New Testament church is created in the image of a singer. You are created in the image of a singing savior. <laughs> And he started singing over you a long time ago. Zephaniah 317. Zephaniah 317. Believe me when I say I'm trying to close. Zephaniah 317. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. Talking about this time. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. the Lord your God when God wants to rejoice over you he sings that's why those guys said he's singing over me so Jesus shows up in Hebrews chapter 2 singing in the assembly of the saints on the day he was betrayed he was going up to offer his blood and he sang remember in the upper room they sang a hymn you are created in the image of a singer so everybody who has the holy ghost has a divine grace ability to sing oh new testament church listen to me carefully so you can't be coming here and say you are in word abiding house and you are not trying to sing you are depriving yourself of an outflow of the fountain of grace you are shortchanging yourself. You are telling yourself, I cannot do what Jesus said I can do. That's what you're doing. You're telling yourself, I cannot do what Jesus said I can do. My voice is not good enough. I have no one to throw me into the water at the stirring of the water. Jesus did not ask you, how are you going to get into the water? He said, would that be me the whole? He didn't say, would you need help to enter the pool? That's not what Jesus asked the guy. He says, will thou be made whole? He didn't say, will thou need assistance to enter the pool? And whenever the pool is there, I have no one to throw me in. I, I cannot sing. I cannot sing. Singing is not my thing. Singing is all our thing or is not our thing. Do you understand? It's out of a singing church that we pick a worship team. Holy Ghost, do your thing today. Ah. It's out of a singing church that we pick a worship team. We don't pick a worship team to sing on behalf of the church. That's why here we don't present special number to you. We have no presentation for you. Because we all are the presentation for him. We, all of us together, are his special number. Oh, pastor, what are you saying? 
For we are God's workmanship. God's skill. Created in Christ Jesus. The reason why we are, are doing good works is because we are his good work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another translation of workmanship is the word craftsmanship. For you are God's craftsmanship. What does craftsmanship mean? If I walked into a place, uh, Les Paul was a guitar maker. Yeah? He's a famous guitar maker. Created the Stratocaster among other, other guitars. No, that was Gibson. It was Gibson that did the Stratocaster. Let's pause the guitar maker. And so when he comes into an exhibition and you come with a guitar that Les Paul made, guess what this guitar is? It is the craftsmanship of Les Paul. Are you following me now? It's the craftsmanship of Les Paul. When Fender comes in with a guitar, it is the craftsmanship of Fender. Are you following me now? When, uh, who can I use now that is very much alive? In, in production, Beringer, Uli Beringer is his name. When Uli Beringer does an exhibition at Nam or wherever, and you see his headphone arms and you see his Beringer X32, these things are his craftsmanship. You buy his craftsmanship for the value that you believe he has placed on it, and then you begin to do stuff with what he has done. When you are God's craftsmanship or you are God's workmanship, you are Jesus is proof. You are Jesus' proof. You are Jesus' evidence that look how good I can perform. You are, you are the showcase of Jesus' ultimate quintessential performance. When, when God calls an exhibition, it is you understand. It is God saying, look, look, look at Emma. My workmanship. Look at AY my craftsmanship look at victor look at what i am able to do as a musician you're not worth much until you have a body of work in musical terms you are god's body of work so you are the song don't forget he rejoices over you with what <laughs> so you are the song that he sings you are the strings that he strums you are the notes he strikes. You are the melodies his heart indicts for all times. You cannot sit here in church and not be able to plug into the thing that makes your elder brother who he is. Is anybody getting this? You can't come to church and not be a worshiper. You can't. You have not seen the song. If you have seen the song, then you know that you are his workmanship. The way a guitar player carries his gig bag and you know and his gig bag is there behind him or the violinist right and they're just there and they're bouncing and you can tell that what he's carrying is not a cutlass it's not a hole it's an instrument and they're proud enough to hang it airlines will fly your instrument for free provided it's an instrument you check it in separate from your luggage and they will carry your instrument for free the same way they will carry your baby buggy for free you know the baby buggy what you push your baby in yeah they fold it and you they don't weigh your buggy because you have shown that I have produced something. Oh, not me on account of this child. And you are God's workmanship. God is announcing to eternity. Oh, not me on account of this beauty. Worship me on account of. Look at who I saved. Oh, look at who I created. Look at who I gave birth to. This is my boast. Why do you think 2 Corinthians 2.14 says that thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and constantly through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge? If you want to know what victory is like, look at what I brought Solomon out of. He didn't just give you victory. He's showing you off as what his victory looks like. He's showing you off as what his victory looks like. And when you start to sing and worship, you are coming into his faith, his reckoning of his ability, which is evidenced in you. So when you sing, you are connecting with his workmanship because he's a singer. He sang over you. He sings over you. He will forever be singing over you. 
So you cannot not sing. You cannot not worship. You cannot not praise. You cannot not be thankful. It's our thing. Tell the neighbors our thing. Tell the other neighbors our thing. It's our thing. It's our thing. It's our thing. He's a craftsman. So every skill and craft comes from him. You're saved in the image of a singing savior. Don't, don't play with the gift of music. Don't join people that speak ill of it. Music is a sacred gift. It's the language of the celestial. Nothing changes that. Nothing. Nothing changes that. It's a language. It's the ambience of heaven. It's musical in nature. When we sing, we're exhibiting our celestial tendencies in the earth. Do you hear me? When we sing, we're exhibiting our celestial tendencies in the earth. Open your... You don't need harmony to release power when you sing. You don't need it. Thank God for star. Uncle, all of us are singing into light and glory. All of us. That's which, why do you think I can open my mouth and sing when they finish singing? Why do you think, you think... No, no, it's not that I feel like my voice is better than theirs. No, when they finish singing, I should stop singing and be preaching. I should not sing. And I know. But I will sing. And they will listen. Because inside my quarter voice... Is plenty grace. Ah, of course, I'm not saying I'm a sloppy singer. By no means. But I'm saying what keeps you listening is not how nice my voice sounds. Same goes for you. See, heaven does not hear soprano or alto tenor. It's, it's, it's overrated. That's why I like white people. They just sing. You see them on the microphone. They just sing. Come for rehearsal. Nobody's saying, okay, the alto is, ah, the tenor is, ah, the soprano is, yeah. Just sing on the key. And they will record in arenas. Live recording. No harmony. Or all harmony. They just sing. And, and, and millions are captivated by the worship. You, you don't believe that it's accepted until it's complicated. And guess what complication does ultimately? It turns you into performers and the church into spectators. Because you just sit down there and just waiting for us to finish. Oh, we have the best choir in the city. Have you, have you noticed every church? Yeah. Every church, they believe their choir is the best. The best choir in the world. The worldwide. So what? You can't be singing over everybody. You can't be doing that. Oh my life, you live in you. Lead us to sing. It's not a solo performance. Because singing is for all of us as sons of God. Some who have more experience or training are just graced enough to lead it. That's all. Are you hearing me? So don't come to church and feel intimidated. Open your mouth and sing. Don't come and sit down there and expect, nobody can sing for you. And that means there's a level of melody that is missing in your life. A level of grace that is not at, at, at work in your life until you are singing of the mercies of the Lord. It's implanted in us as part of our new creation reality. Be honest now, we're not those that abdicate this for that. No, sir. All things are yours. Yes, sir. Yeah, we can sing the gospel and preach it. Yes, sir. Can preach it and dance it. Dance yes, it and act it. Yes, yeah, it's not. It's not a problem. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Father of lights, in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning. Tell your neighbor, you better be. You better be singing. You better be singing. Tell the other neighbor, you better be singing. Yeah. You better be singing. You better be singing. And, 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 and listen to me. It is most beautiful when the church sings. 
for me, every time it, it, it moves me to tears. It is the most beautiful thing ever to hear the church sing. It also turns out it's also one of the most effective litmus tests for humility. It takes a lot of humility for you to be in a public gathering of the saints and sing and pray because it shows that your flesh is dead to a degree. Sometimes you struggle, you're too self-absorbed, you're so self-aware. Why should I sing? The other person will hear me. We should all hear each other as heaven hears us. If we all see each other as heaven sees us. <laughs> then we should all hear each other as heaven hears us. One symphony, one sound, one concert, one choir. The sound of songs. The sound of sons declaring with one voice their reality in God. We are worshiping church. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.